I'm Jesse Fox from the new game Unmetal. I got arrested for a crime I didn't commit. And you're listening to... The Kojima Frequency. This week on the show, we're joined by game creative assistant Jack LaFear and the creator of the new Metal Gear MSX parody Unmetal, Unepic Fran. Yeah, did you guys see the, uh, the direct yesterday? Not personally. Yeah. Although uh, everywhere in social media was talking about the Mario movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I don't think I've laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> I uh, I thought it was a live action until about five minutes ago. Yeah, we were just talking about. I was like, I was mad because I was like, they don't even look like them. And then I was like, oh wait, they're doing voices. Shit. Even then, though, I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Pratt <laughs> being Mario. I do appreciate Charlie Day as Luigi, though. And that toad. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Oh, yeah, I can approve of Keegan as Toad. Full disclosure. I mean, they're making a Mario movie with Toad as the main character. That's how I look at it. (laughs) God, I really, I really hope it's that. I'm a big fan of Toad. Mario's in it for like five minutes. It's actually a Mario is missing movie. (laughs) And then he gets knocked off by Luigi. Fingers. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. We didn't want to go into it like, like, Unmetal, tell us everything about Unmetal. Um, one, because that's not really our energy. Uh, but two, also because we had, there's a few other items that we're pretty interested in from you, Fran, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a good example of this, or one way we kind of look at it is, um, you know, obviously Unmetal is Metal Gear inspired. Uh, it's like the opposite of Metal Gear, because it's Unmetal. It's MSX Metal Gear inspired. Yeah, that's <laughs> and that's that's sort of what I wanted to call out is... Mm-hmm. A lot of people just see it, oh, it's 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 Metal Gear, like this is based off Metal Gear, but I think the real emphasis here is is not just Metal Gear, but Metal Gear MSX, and to an even larger extent that people don't understand is, or I don't think people grasp, is MSX in general, because from my understanding, you are a, a very, um, you are an evangelical of MSX, if you will. Sort of is, yeah. So the MSX was my first computer, and uh, for me, I have a great, great memories of it. And now that I'm capable of doing stuff for it, so I do. And for my games, for PC and computer, so uh, yeah, I have my memories and they pull hard. So I tend to do things based on these sort of games that are the games I like, by the way. So you just got a real like nostalgic pull to those games, and that's kind of just the stuff that you like and just, you know, the stuff that you want to make, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Hey, that's a good, uh, it's a good batch of games. I mean, especially you know, one of my favorite games is Metal Gear Two: Solid Snake. So it's just, uh, you know, to, to see some of these these MSX games like kind of being resurfaced in a way. I'm like, you know, I I, I like the retro style gameplay. You know, so that's that's kind of my bread and butter. So I, I'm really excited to play this game. Actually, you're gonna hate me uh, when you're rich. Level four. <laughs> oh boy. This is special trap. This is special trap for, for speed runners, you know. But it's not made on purpose. It's not made on purpose, but it's a really, really special trap. Spoilers. Uh, literally, by the way, for speed for speed runners. <laughs> Luckily, I don't do any speed run stuff. I just take my time with it and enjoy it, and just try to soak it all in. And just I might stream it, but I might just keep it all to myself. It's like I I played the demo uh, like like reluctantly like i was like ah i don't i don't want to play this and like spoil it for myself but then also went in and just like enjoyed every second of it and just made me really look forward to the game so yeah it's just me who speedruns i'm the resident degenerate speedrunner um <laughs> all, all these other guys are like purists um I, I, I don't know i don't know what the term is they, they play games in a healthier way <laughs> no way that's wrong no they don't <laughs> moderation it's normal people no I think if we were healthy, then we wouldn't be on this show, but I digress. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, no. One would call them gamers. 
I will say, um, the MSX is kind of a foreign platform in the West, yes. uh, at least in the United States. And, and that's that's sort of why I want to emphasize that to an extent that, you know, I don't think I don't think there's I think there's a chunk of the Western audience that doesn't under the uh, understand the extent that this is influenced by MSX development. So I think one thing that we do want to grasp here is trying to get an understanding of that platform, at least for folks that. Not that I doubt the Metal Gear community. I'm sure they're familiar with MSX, but just to kind of add some context um, to the platform and how it influenced, um, you know, your development. Yeah, it, it's for the most part, uh, I would say the Metal Gear community specifically knows more about the MSX than uh, than anyone else in the United States, at least for the most part. Um, I mean, there is there is a, a, you know, a sort of a sect of MSX fans in the in the u.s but it's not it wasn't really something that was a a a cultural element here much like the 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 original nintendo was and and some of the earlier consoles uh though though the msx isn't really a console per se um so uh if i had to kind of swing this back around into an actual question uh for you i guess it would be you know metal gear aside to you, how does MSX differ from other uh, sort of retro game platforms? And, and what of that is, is interesting to you? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you talking to me, God? No, but, uh, um, answering your question. So, well, uh, the first Metal Gear was MSX, of course. And you, I can't compare it with all the platforms because, for instance, I never played the NES, the NES version. I mm. I just saw a couple of screenshots. It looks very similar to the. I think it's a, it's a direct port. Oh, it's it's different. different. <laughs> it, it's different, yeah. Because yeah. this uh, this uh, this is screen. Uh, I saw a screenshot where the, where there's a guard saying, "I feel sleepy." I can't <laughs> remember this. I can't remember yeah. in the in the in the, in the, in the six saga. Yeah, yeah. That's... for sure. That's for the outstanding sure. moment, but for lack of a better term, I would say that it's it's neutered. It's it's diet Metal Gear. Um, it doesn't even have a Metal Gear. Yeah, it doesn't even have really a Metal Gear. You fight more oh, really? Metal Gears in Destiny than you do in in Metal Gear. <laughs> well, that's that's really odd, actually. So no, I'm I'm afraid that just play the the MSX uh, the two thirds uh, MSX uh, Metal Gear Metal Gear Two. I like the first one because the movement is smoother and it was the first one. It was the first impression, the first shock, you know, something different, something stealth. Yeah. The second one I played uh, later, maybe 15, 20 years later in an emulator because I didn't have a, well, no one had a Turbo R computer. It was something really red. It barely went out from, uh, from Japan. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed the, the first one very much. Much more than the second one. Besides this, I didn't play the NES or other platforms. The only Metal Gear I tried once was uh, Metal Gear 2 Sons of Liberty. I think I, I, think I said correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sons of Liberty. I tried it in a, in a friend's place. So I had some time, maybe three, four or five hours. And I stopped playing it. And I've, the feeling was re- real, real cool because... Even if, if it was a 3D game, the, the feeling when you get an item, click, click, these, uh, the sounds and everything, it looked, uh, reminded me of the, the first Metal Gear. So the feeling, the essence was there, but in 3D, which was, was quite awkward. But I, uh, I enjoyed the, the experience. And at one point, I had, to, I had to go back home, so I just left the game. <laughs> and that's everything I played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but... I always said to myself, I had to buy a PlayStation 2, a two-hand, a two-hand, excuse me, a second-hand PlayStation 2 with all the Metal Gears and play them. And I can, I've been just keep telling me, saying once over and over again to me, and I never did. <laughs> so shame on me. <laughs> hey, uh, Fran, when yeah. I was younger, almost all of my friends had NESs and such, but. Uh, over in Spain, how many other people, uh, how many friends did you know that had an MSX? I'm curious. Well, MSX in Spain was really successful. In, in Europe, it was in Spain and in Holland. 
Don't ask me why. Maybe some some sort of importation stuff. But in Spain, half uh, half the population had M6. The other half had the Amstrad CPC 64, very typical one. So it depending on the school. If your school had M6, of course, all the parents from that school bought an M6 to their sons, and that's my case too. So uh, my friends. Mm, well, when I was younger, I had a uh, few friends. But with M6, I start to have more, and we used to go to go to a to friend's house and spend the, the afternoon just playing video games, playing. Uh, well, when Salamander came in with two players, that was awesome. So I had we we can call it computer games, and uh, and yes, that was awesome. So you guys had MSXs in your mm-hmm. in your school, so it was like an edutainment or educational machine. I said an educational machine. Okay. It was supposed it was supposed to be <laughs> because MSX is a computer. It has a keyboard. You can program on them. The, it was basic by default. You could use. So yeah, we were supposed to learn computer science with them. And when I, I did at home, by the way, I had a book and I started to. Uh, to study basic by myself because the video games there by then they were very very expensive and most of them were terrible at the beginning of the <laughs> 80s so i just had an option just just to create my own games and learn from magazines and you were being but, the change that you wanted to be yeah absolutely and it was, i had fun no one no one <laughs> played my games but anyway i had fun doing doing them the, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because mm. it's very analogous to um, at least my upbringing where we had the Apple II mm-hmm. um, yeah. and we were supposed to learn things on there and play like educational games like uh, Amazon Trail and, and shit like that. <laughs> Troggle Trouble. Number munchers. Always number, number munchers, munchers, baby. Yes. <laughs> So we, you know, I didn't personally learn any programming languages. So it sounds like you guys, if you don't mind me asking, what grade was that? It was, I was uh, 12 years old. Wow. 12 or 13. But yeah, we were supposed to learn something, but we didn't. I mean, at the school, of course. So uh, who learned uh, was at home just by, uh, by reading books and magazines. And there was a lot of video games, you know. Shoot the maps with vessels like Xanak X in computers. You could see me all the time. I mean, uh, the free time uh, at the school, going to the uh, computer room to play video games with my friends. That was awesome. I think the education worked, considering you now program games. You've you've made multiple games. Like <laughs> yeah. the the education system works. <laughs> what it helped was the lack of video games by uh, by the time. <laughs> Did having the MSX that early in your life, is that what made you want to make games or was that something that you found an interest in later? No, no, I find it, I felt attracted uh, for video games from moment one. So the first time I <laughs> got my computer and I saw a small video game of just two cars just moving left and right. I said, oh, I want to do this. This is pure magic. I, I need to do that. And then I started to to learn how to do it, how to do them. So it was uh, love at sight. It's interesting to me because, you know, as this story unfolds for us, originally I thought it was like, oh, you know, he played the Metal Gear MSX games. But it, it sounds like it's just, it's a love beyond mm-hmm. not just the games, not just the platform, but, you know, the language itself just... You, it sounds like you have a very intimate relationship with with the with the with the with the computer. Um, oh yeah, we kiss each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, by the time I used to program in BASIC, which which was and is a very slow language, and that was very painful for me because I tried to do stuff or things and they were slow. I had to just squish my brain how to accelerate as much as possible, and I tried to learn. Um, Assembler, but I was too too young, and I, in fact, I bought a book. I didn't understand anything at all. So it was like the book was written in Chinese, something like that. So I just left the part. So that's why now, uh, recently, a few years ago, I said to myself, "Oh, maybe I can do something in Assembler." So I just took it, and now 
now it's different. Now I could do could do things. I tried assembler for about a day. I <laughs> that did not stick. <laughs> Yeah. I think I'll stick with those high-level languages. Mm-hmm. So wait, did you did you code Unmetal in Assembler? I code the first uh, the MSX version of, of a Metal. So before Metal, there's a game called Prisoner of War, which I code in Assembler for MSX machines. And this is the predecessor of a Metal. The story is after uh, after doing creating a Prisoner of War for MSX. I started to create, uh, to try new ideas for a new game. And after the third one, uh, I mean, I created one idea, I tried to uh, work at a couple of months, and then I discarded because it was not as, it was not as appealing as I thought in the first time, in the, in the first place. I tried with a new idea, which looked appealing as well, looked fun. But then in the end, mm, it didn't, there was something missing. So I start a third idea and it happened the same. So I said, what should I do now? Okay, let's make a porting of Prisoner of War to PC, you know, with, uh, with better graphics, with better everything. And I started to do it and it felt really good. So I just keep working on it. And Unmetal was born. Hmm. In C++, not in Assembler, of course. <laughs> How many uh, Unmetal spoilers can we find in Prisoner of War? Uh, well, the Prisoner of War, the the map itself, the scenarios and how everything is, is is created is more or less the same. So the path is very very similar. You know why I didn't have so after after just editing three hundred rooms for an epic, three hundred rooms different rooms for those one point and three hundred more rooms or two hundred rooms for uh, Prisoner of War. I didn't want to create three more different rooms for another game. So I said, I'm going to take Prisoner of War as a base and I'm going to follow the map. So That's uh, smart. And, we, you, and you, can, you can really see it as well when you play yeah, like the first stage in Prisoner of War. Yeah, if you play Prisoner of War and you play in Metal, you see uh, you see they similar. So note in graphics, note the story, note the, no, the story is, is, is similar, but know the humor, know the, the events, but the game itself, the weapons, the enemies, and bosses. Well, bosses. Uh, the MSX version has four bosses. Four bosses was very little for a very little number for a, for a PC or computer. So I I added ten more. So we have fourteen bosses in, in, in wow. total. Can't wait to meet them. <laughs> yeah, we've met grenade guy so far. The this. grenade guy. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna tell you, boss one is Grenade Guy, uh, boss, bu- boss two is Grenade Pal, boss three is uh, Grenade Guy is that, and <laughs> boss four. <laughs> you, you know. No, no, uh, I'm joking. Of course. Friend, friend, we should do that if we ever make an Unmetal two. <laughs> Unmetal two confirmed. Ah oh, shit! You heard it here because even frequency. No, 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 no. Oh, I no, said no. Yeah. There's nothing confirmed. There's nothing. No, confirmed. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but if we do, we should just have a progression of grenade family. Yeah. Or grenade gay, but half robot like Freezer in Dragon Ball. I'm back! No! <laughs> Final boss, grenade gal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As it should be. Dude, I would do a grenade gal cosplay. So, at first there was no grenade guy. And I said, so I was about to release a demo. It was made so a week a week before I said so just a level and no boss and I have 13 bosses mm, I have to add a boss here so just a few days before releasing the demo I create the grenade boss and I create the items and well no the item was already created the hook but the hook was somewhere else so I just created the boss and I added to the game and then you I had to started. create the uh, the ditch mm-hmm. that separated you from the boss that yeah I had to create that, the ditch uh, as well <laughs> that Jesse didn't see we, until you know after the thing you could have got <laughs> yeah. him there that's like the humor in the presentation of this game for the people that have played the demo they'll they'll get that joke but that's not spoiling too much uh, the way that you present it sometimes like through like just uh, the the unreliable uh, narrator uh, you know, mm-hmm. through the main character is Jesse Fox, and he's just being interrogated. And they're like, "Well, tell us what happened." And he's like, "Well, you know," and like from there, you've got so much freedom, you know, because he can just say something that didn't happen, or or just you know, you guys can mess around and 
I thought it was really cool how you like displayed this, the stages and you break down the background and kind of add it in piece by piece. Like there was dirt on the ground and it was nighttime and you know, you're just, you're clicking on all these switches. When leaving the cell, I found myself in a prison yard surrounded by some buildings. There were piles of boxes and other stuff here and there. And the ground was plain dirt. Oh, and it was night. I don't know, that was, that was a really uh, good presentation. It's very stylish. Oh, thank you very much. I had fun just doing it, doing it. And this, this, this way the, the scenario is created by, uh, by description. I thought it before even starting uh, the PC conversion, I said, I have to do it in one game. So, because normally I tend to think stuff, think ideas, and I write them down in my brain. And when it comes out, when the, when the occasion comes out, so I use it. Like uh, an epic, the first game I did for, by, by myself, the, the way of litting the, the torches and just uh, just only see the what you can see with your torch and that was an idea I had much before to in the game. In fact, I tried to do it for I had the idea for an MSX uh, game as well, but it was too complex. And when I started an, uh, an epic, I said, okay, that's my chance. I did it. Yeah, I was going to bring up an epic, which is um, sort of, I guess, in some ways, Unmetal is a continuation of this idea of subverting uh, older games uh, to a degree. And, um, I, you know, not a lot of people in the in the Metal Gear community m might know that Unepic exists. So can you kind of give us a rundown of that? Well, uh, an epic is, uh, I did an epic because I wanted to do a castle game. You know, a big castle, you're inside, you have to explore the castles, fight the bosses. I love this since I played the Maze of Kalios, which was an MSX as well. So like more of a classic RPG. Well, that's no, I was reading that on your site. It was kind of more like the, like, you know, you're talking about defending against it being called like a Metroidvania, but that was actually some game made by Konami back then for the MSX too, right? Yeah, we could say the Maze of Kalios could be the predecessor of Metroidvania games. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that, and something I really liked, is that you had all the castle to explore from the first time, from the beginning. So you didn't, oh. need, you didn't know, excuse me, you didn't need a key or an item to access another part of the castle. You were free to go wherever you want to go. But of course, at the beginning, you had low HP, low, low, uh, low health points. So it was easier to get killed by. With an epic, it did the same. I created a whole castle, everything was open, but at the tester start to play, I said, okay, I can do, I cannot do this in PC. So I need to close uh, parts of the castles because they went, they started to go to difficult parts and they died <laughs> and they, they complained. Hey, I died here. I'm not supposed to die here. This, uh, <laughs> this monster is too strong. Okay, then go somewhere else. <laughs> so <laughs> go somewhere else. Yeah, and that's that's how it was back in the day. Yeah, it was like, well, figure it out, dude. You're not ready. <laughs> Just go somewhere else. But but players are not right. ready to this. <laughs> players are not ready to this. You have to let them the way. Go here. Go there. And that's why I started to to insert doors or gates in the castle. So you had to uh, you had to uh, beat the first boss to have access to the second part of the castle. So this is some sort of Metrovania, how they work. But it wasn't intended. So I just place it because players were doing, <laughs> were complaining because they died or some some other creatures they found they were too hard for them. Have you um have you played uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild? Because that is a very similar concept where it's like everything's sort of laid out for you and <laughs> you can go directly to Ganondorf, the final boss, even if you mm. only have three hearts. Like as soon as you described that, I thought of Breath of the Wild. I never played any Zelda at all. So I know it's weird. I know it sounds strange, but you know, I'm not a console guy. I'm a computer guy. So I have my PC. I always had a com personal computer or, with me and I never got a, a PlayStation or Nintendo, Super Nintendo. So I never played them. I played Gold Values, which is a similar concept for MSX, of course. But no, I never played uh, <laughs> any Zelda at all. Sorry. 
No, you're good. You're good. I just, like I said, it was very, it has very similar concepts, which I think is very cool. Yeah, you can definitely end up in the wrong section of that game, like way too early. And be like, oh no, I am not ready. <laughs> yeah, my my earliest experience with that was Morrowind, and I was like, oh hey, there's a cave that looks interesting, and I wander in, and five seconds later, I'm dead. <laughs> Why does their level have a skull instead of yeah. a number? <laughs> Dead buddies. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Morrowind as well. So, Jack, I've got a question for you. Um, uh oh. Yeah. How in the hell have you kept up with the social media side of this game? A little uh, bit because the me- <laughs> I would say the Metal Gear community's kind of taken to you guys a bit. Sure, it's a little overwhelming. No, actually not. Uh, at least on my end, uh, Fran. I would guess it's a little overwhelming to you to see all the pe- all the love from Metal Gear, right? Well, uh, yes, I know. Depending on on the angle. <laughs> so <laughs> the good thing of a metal is has a lot of fun, a lot of humor, and then. People tend to be more, <clears throat> more. What's the word, Jack? I would love to read your mind, Fran. Uh, it's a parody, Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah. A Metal Gear parody. So they don't expect, you know, uh, something really, really nice, or they don't, they won't compare it with with a Metal Gear. And that's the big, that's the best of uh, a metal. A metal is going to to what? It's going to to surprise them in a very good way. <laughs> so, um, going back to your question though uh, about the social media and such, uh, I'll be honest, it's a little bit of a low key dream for me. Um, I've been watching GDQs for uh, for actually getting closer to a decade now, and I always found myself uh, watching the uh, Metal Gear speedruns. So as about halfway through when I was working with Fran on the game, I kept on thinking it'd be really cool to see just one person speed run this game. Uh, Cause I didn't think that it really crossed Fran's mind all that much, but it was one of those. It'd be really rad. So uh, when I watched uh, the origin of this is I was watching a recent GDQ and I saw Apache uh, doing a rent, a, a wonderful tuxedo run. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was just sitting there and I'm like let's go for broke randomly sent him a message and I'm like uh, hi Mr. Apache friend uh um um shutter shutter nervous nervous uh thoughts and he's like oh that's rad and I'm like oh well that was easy and uh then eventually as I uh as I uh opened that door I just cared to dive right in and then suddenly this thing called a boba skip came out of nowhere and blew up. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to talk to everyone. So <laughs> then I was that guy. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I remembered from GDQ previously was to talk about Celeste and about how the developers really cared to go out of their way to help out uh, the speedrunners of that game. And I just sat down and I'm like, it's a little extra time to talk to people that I would really enjoy talking to and seeing what they could do. And that's a conversation Fran and I had back in the day about this is if there's any way that we could help speedrunners enjoy the game and even the community of Metal Gear enjoy the game, uh, I would take a step forward to try and help out with that. Well, it sounds like your community outreach has been uh, more than successful because you guys have that creator pack and it, it seems like an homage to that community work with all those voices. <clears throat> Patchy. So. Yeah, it's got it's got DJ Wheat in the game, but I don't know if you know, but DJ Wheat's in a metal, like for real. Now, um, well, what uh, Jack Lafier is failing to mention here is that he messaged me and said, do you want to be in a video game? And I said, well, yeah, since, since I was three. <laughs> so uh, he's like, I don't know, that's a, a very difficult propositions turned down um obviously since then like um unmetal's been like crazy involved in the in the metal gear speedrun community um metal gear speedrun is obviously separate from from these guys here um Mm -hmm. but that's something i'm heavily involved in as well um unmetal has just been adopted as an as a new speedrun game as part of our community like we have runs of every single game but we also run uh merry gear um i'm sure very oh god i haven't f- heard of that in a while. <laughs> <Santa> <laughs> yeah <laughs> merry gear is a 
parody game. It's not on the scale that Unmetal is. It's not even. I don't even think it's worth mentioning. Sorry, Merry Gear fans. It's okay. I mean, it's kind we of all funny, know right? about it's, it. It's, it's fine, right? It's <laughs> kind of fun. It's like a flash game. <laughs> that, um, that game over Santa message is in my head for like the better part of two decades. There was a Merry Gear Solid too. I would say it made an impact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also have like you know the 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 Ape Escape, uh, you know Metal Gear. We we speed run that as well, and uh, we're speed running on metal now. Um, since this episode awesome. comes out after we announce this publicly, I can say that uh, we're doing a, a full speedrun event for Unmetal called Unmetal Unleashed on the 16th of October. Um, we're going to have uh, a lot of runners attempt to break a sick time in that game and we're going to we're going to go for 12 we're going to stream for 12 hours um and do like a full scale event for it. Um it'll it'll exist by the time that this this podcast comes out but we're still heavily doing stuff behind the scenes to get it up and running. God, you definitely picked a good time to get this stuff rolling. Uh, the uh, the Metal Gear community is is wanting for anything to do right now. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys are kind of filling that that void. Now, yeah. now you you say that. Are are you talking to Apache or me or both or everyone? Everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> all I, I mean, <laughs> when when you talked about social media, there was definitely the front side of a lot of the speed running side talks, but then. Uh, one of the things that I'm very grateful for is uh, Google Translate automated on pages because when I'm looking at uh, the Unmetal hashtag, there is so much conversation around the word world about I am down for anything Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of humbling because uh, hearing the love in Spain specifically, uh, there's a lot of Russian and Japanese uh, tweets too just going on full-on rants of how they're looking forward to anything that looks like anything that pays an homage to the original uh series and it's just like i I brings a tear to the eye honestly some of the things people are saying um it's there's no way you could ever predict how something like that could touch the hearts of people in such a way of just having the hope of something that would be great i just hope they enjoy it as much as i love it yeah I think the Metal Gear community in particular is going to be more open to satire and parody just due to the nature of of the Metal Gear games and how self-aware and self-denigrating they can be at times. So th- this is definitely tapping into that spirit in a, in a way that's that I think a lot of fans are going to resonate with. I think a lot of people are going to really appreciate the humor not being wrapped up in the same kind of war and death and awful things backdrop it's 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 just really genuinely funny and enjoyable um but i i have creased laughing at some of the some of the humor in that game i think it's absolutely hilarious yeah now on the topic of the humor and actually google translate um you know, how, one challenge that I think about when thinking about this game is how do you balance out that humor without it being cringy? And then at that same point, how do you, you know, translate that humor among different communities? Because like you said, you know, you're getting responses from Japan, Russia, Spain. Like it, it can't be easy to localize, you know, some of the the, the parody aspects. Well, that's the the work of the localizers of translators. So they get the jokes and they try to adapt them to their to their own language. But concerning the humor, uh, well, one of the tricks is not is not doing language based humor. You know, like for instance, mm. saying something in English that is similar to another word that should be terrible for us. Or for instance, expressions using expressions. In fact, that's a that's a joke that that uh, Kevin created, Jack Lefier created for the game. Is uh, I beat the shit out of him. So this is an English focused uh, English focused um, humor, and I had a lot of trouble to translate it to, to Spanish. And I'm quite sure the other translators had problems too. Yeah. But but concerning the humor, it's 
it's nothing. I know it's nothing um, calculated. Something premeditated. Just went up running and just was thinking funny, funny things. Just based on all the movies and cliches, especially from cliches, you know. And as I had just funny ideas, and then I just wrote them inserting the game. In fact, some of the ideas um, I didn't insert them because maybe they were too. Um, they were not that um, classic humor. For instance, something about politicians and uh, said, no, 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 not, um, best, best not to joke with politicians here, which is typical, you know, typical humor from everyone. But uh, no, in this case, I prefer to, to stay away from, from this and just use the, I don't know, I don't know how to call it, but just get my sort of humor. More like visual gags. It's very easy to like date yourself, isn't it? If you use if you use things that are political or um, yeah, your re- or s- references can date your game so quickly. Or certain slang too. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we talked to uh, Jeremy Blaustein about this uh, a few episodes back, and yeah, it's, it's definitely a tricky thing to nail down. Mm-hmm. I just think uh, stuff that made me laugh. And I'm going to put an example. So right now. Uh, yes, it occurred to me that as you're going to do this speed run, so maybe I can detect that you are going very fast in the level, and then I know there's a speedrunner uh, doing uh, the level, and then I can troll him somehow, you know, like inserting something special. So, oops, here, here he reached that point in only four minutes. That's a speedrunner. So, okay, let's mess with him. And then, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, imagine you are doing this for run, suddenly something, um, something you're not expecting appears, and I don't know, say, go, come on, go, go, go. Or maybe, uh, I don't know, whatever. So it's just things friend, that make friend, me fun. Friend, friend, friend. Um, no, we just have it where they suddenly are on a racetrack against a turtle. <laughs> Sorry, this is just us being us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a hallucination kicks in all of a sudden. I don't like this. <laughs> Make it RNG. Just throw it in every once in a while. That's that's how you yeah, fuck yeah, with them, it's... really. And <laughs> and if you're slower than a speedrunner, you're on there against a rabbit. <laughs> or you you're you're so fast that you get to the area before it finishes loading. And you have to wait for it to load. Or you time travel because you went over 80 miles. <laughs> Never mind. Um, yeah, but you get the point, right? It's just, yeah. Yeah. I just think of stuff, uh, funny stuff. And then, okay. And then I keep uh, thinking on them. I get more and more ideas. And then insert in the game. So where to insert it, depending on the game. For instance, if uh, there's a level four. Level four, mm, before releasing the game, before finishing the game, I found it too short and maybe too lack of humor. So I just expanded it a little bit more and inserted just uh, two, three, four dialogues or funny things there. In the, so the, the, main, well, the reason is just to keep the whole game having humor constantly. But not constantly, of course. Maybe you play, you know, you're a speedrunner, but a normal player may come five, ten minutes and then find something funny. Then five, ten, fifteen minutes, yeah. something else. So he has, he has fun with the game itself and with the uh, with the story as well. I think um, it's like you play you you kind of play with the world and the the game rewards you for messing with it. Like if you've you've almost like well you haven't almost you you have purposely planned on what are people going to do in this room and when you do something that in most games nothing would happen the game does something i i think that's that that's what i found yeah. so enjoyable about it or just like a, yeah, a good adventure game yeah i didn't want to bring up his name i didn't want to bring it up but i have to it reminds me of toby fox like <laughs> a lot of the aspects you know th- that's humbling to hear by the way, shout out to Chapter 2 of Deltarune coming yeah, out that's, now. Yeah, that's uh, 50% of the reason why I brought that up. It's, it's, so, I, it's stuck in the back of my head, but yeah, please continue. Days and I have been talking about that a lot. <laughs> so, um, but uh, one of the other things that Fran uh, was talking about, and Fran, I'm going to talk about the localization for a moment. Um, when One of the most important things about Fran's games is the backbone of all of them are his humor, and, it, and it's a great skeleton. Um, but where he's barely played any Metal Gear game, I personally have played everyone on release. 
Um, and I have a major love for it. So uh, one day he's like, can, can you please look over and, uh, lo- you know, localize or translate? And uh, translating it was what I was expecting to do, but then I learned the importance of localization before instead of translating, where it's like not just translating, but making it culturally relevant. So myself, and a shout out to a dear friend of ours uh, and uh, partner in crime for me, uh, Kedra Konis, uh, Michael Kim, uh, what was supposed to be two weeks, uh, Fran asked us, took two months to localize the entire script from uh, what we endearingly call Franglish uh, to English. And uh, throughout the entire time, he gave us the freedom to evolve and add more jokes or tweak a thing that was like 99% to 100%. Um, and this is weird because you have a guy with a great sense of humor that's almost uh, just sincere and uh, casual. You have me who's trying to add in as many Metal Gear references or gaming references as possible, and Kdrak is down with the memes. So you have a really weird trio of working on this where it became just really weird by the end. There's some jokes in there that I didn't expect to get added. And... Uh, Um, But the biggest challenge whenever we had to go over it, and sometimes we would spend 20 or 30 minutes on a single line, is uh, will this be relevant in 10 years? That entire dating point. So uh, sometimes you guys will be going through and you'll just have a one-second line that you listen to. And I'm sitting here thinking about the 20 to 30-minute conversation I had with Kdrak of how do we keep this to Fran's original feel. It's uh, kind of a weird experience going through that uh, when people play the game in front of you. So is it fair to say that a big chunk of the game is coming out of just you guys spitballing and figuring out, you know, like, is this funny? Is this interesting? And and like, well, yes, but I would say a huge chunk of it is Fran just naturally being brilliant. Um, I'm just going to say it right in front of his face. And (laughs) there's that. You ever have a joke that you're like, that is so good, but if it went one inch further from its one yard of, of hilarity, it'd be so much better. And that was what we did for two months. And even questioning, is this as good as what Fran originally wrote? Um, so it was almost a duel of, we really believe in this, an imposter syndrome of uh, me and uh, Kedrak comparing ourselves with someone we really respect for the script. Um, it was a very in, in, interesting personal uh, journey. I don't think I've really elaborated on that with Fran. So, How long was the development for the game? I mean, I know you guys have been doing this for a while, but... Well, it took me a half and a year to do the, the base of the game. I mean, uh, to program everything and to create the avatar and everything. And later, uh, after the game was more or less finished, I had to insert the voices. That took a lot of time as well. It took uh, maybe two or three months to to insert them. And later it came the, after a couple of years. So the, the game was finished, not finished, and it took us a whole year to, to do the portings to PlayStation and other platforms and get it ready for, for the launch. In fact, the video version just was was finished uh, last year in uh, November in November uh, 2020 it was ready to to be tested and it was tested and we and we got it um, uh, we got it uh, approved approved by Sony so it's been 3 years one half of them just working on it and the other half doing all the stuff you know uh, by the way concerning your question before uh, concerning uh, when you do some some stuff in the game and something happens, that's because I watch my my friends and testers just playing the game with videos, and I see them just doing weird stuff like punching boxes, pump, 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 and then uh, some of them told me, "Hey, friend, it should uh, it should be great if you do mm-hmm. this." Okay, so I inserted, or by just watching. In fact, I was watching one of the, one of the videos from Jack Like Fear and K Drag. And K-Drag K- was playing, and he approached uh, a track and started to punch the track. And he said, die, track! And I said, okay, <clears throat> let's start in the game. 
<laughs> so I, I asked the actor to say, okay, say, die track. And now it's working the game. So it's basically by, uh, you know, ideas from other people that play the game, by watching testers and people playing it. It's, that's, that's because this, there's uh, all this interaction, extra interaction in the game. Oh, that's great that you're you're just taking all the feedback from people just messing around and going, "Hey, yeah, that that would be kind of funny if we did that." All right, fuck it, throw it in. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. In, in chapter one, there's the the toilet, and uh, I, of course, I program everything with a paper, blah blah blah. But then uh, a tester told me, "So it could be great. You could break the door." And I said, "Okay, let's break the door. <laughs> let's make the guard come out." <laughs> now. Who, going back to um, your trio, who in the trio thought up the name Jesse Fox? What a perfect name. Well, I did. The the brilliant one? <laughs> I did in a previous project. So it was not for a metal, it was for a previous project called a freight project. It was an experiment and I needed the cocktail and I said, okay, let's... Let's, uh, let's uh, think again. And by the time, I was watching a TV series called Breaking Bad. Maybe you know it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Breaking I Bad. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah of course. Uh, <laughs> it's Walter White. So the, yeah, the, the main characters are Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. I, uh, I totally know somebody who wrote a dissertation on it. She's a giant fucking nerd. But... <laughs> <laughs> I love that TV series. I watched it maybe three or four times already. But the thing is, I was watching this TV series and I said, okay, Jesse is going to be the name. And what about the surname? Okay, it has to be smart. It has to be clever. Okay, a fox is a clever animal. So it's going to be Jesse Fox. So you had no clue about, about fox or foxhound with Metal Gear or any of that? Like that's not a reference to that? It's just... No, it has absolutely nothing to do. It's from that's another project. Crazy. It's a... In fact, I, I did a Kickstarter, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't su- it didn't success. It was a failure. But it's there. His his name, everything there. Much uh, much before I started with a metal. So not nothing to do. Uh, a little behind the scenes on that. Uh, there are so many accidental references through all this. Where I will talk to Fran, and I'm like, "This was brilliant." He's like, "What do you oh, mean? Oh, why?" <laughs> 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 I remember I remember you on you on a stream and you were talking you're like any of the references to Metal Gear Solid in the games are an accident and like you were not kidding you are just not kidding at all um I can't wait to find all the other accidents This just makes the um the fact that Walter White's daughter in Breaking Bad is named Holly White even funnier to me <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I was going to ask, is Jesse going to say bitch a lot? <laughs> uh, actually, that's one of the weird things that uh, when localizing and working with them, uh, that we had a very interesting part because in the first few chapters, uh, Fran wrote Jesse in such a way that you could almost tell exactly what he would never say as much as what he would say, mm-hmm. which is a question in itself because he says such ridiculous stuff and believes it. But um, but at the same time, though, uh, I remember a specific conversation that I was having. I'm like, would he say bitch? And it's like, <laughs> no. Like, what other swear words would he say? And it's like, not many, and only in these specific kind times. In fact, uh, one of the things that we were doing when localizing was actually counting the swear words he would say so that we didn't go overboard out of character form. That's that's so interesting to me because, again, it kind of goes back to the accidental Metal Gear references. I think we were just talking about how, like, in some ways, <laughs> Snake feels too pure. <laughs> Solid Snake wouldn't cuss, but Big Boss cussing. would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And- and, uh, and that's interesting you say that because that was kind of the way I viewed it personally. <laughs> He's a wholesome boy. I saw on one of the streams there's an area to enter passwords in the game or codes. Uh, so I was wondering if you might have put in an Easter egg where the old swear word password for Metal Gear 1 NES might work. But but given this is MSX style, probably not. So like I said, it was kind of a joke question. You know... Fran, do we have time before it releases? Oh, my no. God. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we absolutely not. 
<laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> you're like, absolutely not. And then whisper, whisper, maybe, maybe. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, might I say, just send me all the details of how you think that would work, and we'll see what happens in a future patch. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. It would make your game rated M, probably. <laughs> oh, it's very much rated M right now. <laughs> well, all right, then. And you're fine, then. You've got a Vita version as well, right? Yes. It's the first the first version ever for a for a metal. It was released in physical. Was I think it was twenty one hundred units, and so yeah, that's a Vita version. Man, that's awesome. I I have a Vita. I love it so much. Uh, I wish more people knew how great of a handheld device that is. Yeah, I. I uh, the thing with Vita is the community of Vita reminds me of the community of M6. It's a very strong one, and especially very, you know, they love the uh, the platform. So I never see a community just uh, worshiping the console this much, and that really impressed me. I never had a Vita, but I've been talking to people who had the Vita after releasing the first an an, an epic in in this in this console. And they they were in love with the the passion they had the passion we had was unbelievable. So wow, I mean in comparison with uh, PlayStation or or other platforms, and it really impressed me. So I said, okay, the next game I have to do it for Beta Two, and I had the metal. The window was being closed because I was told that. Uh, 2020 was the last year to create any game in Vita at all. And they told me just three months before, it was in October or September, they told me that I had the chance to do a metal of Vita um, before the end of the year. So I said, I have to do it. That's awesome. And I just, I, I left everything else and I started to work hard on this conversion. That's awesome. Appreciate the audacity, man. A month later, I had everything ready. Yeah, a month later, everything was ready. And luckily, uh, the project the, the project was accepted and it worked. So that's what that's the reason why uh, Metal was released half a year ago in only in Vita, in Vita because I had to do it uh, before, uh, at that time or never. So I just throw me to the swimming pool. All right, last call for Vita games. Hold on, one more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those copies are worth a fortune now as well. Like they're, they're selling for like you know upwards of 150 200 pounds jeez and they're just going to get higher as well because they'll never be do well i have one at home i have one here at home with my signature 300 pounds <laughs> <laughs> well you know no that's, joke. that's I may a have source to of guaranteed down. income so it's an investment oh my God. <laughs> yeah um well you know, we don't want to keep you for much longer, as I stated, but we do want to know, you know, what is the future for for Fran and his MSX development? Good question. Good, very good question. Hey, that was supposed to be some sort of informal chat or it looks like an interrogatory <laughs> to me. Eh? Hey, Fran, <laughs> what's the future? Yeah, we got yeah, answer. I, I got I, I got oh, more questions about Grenade Guy after, so don't worry. This, this, <laughs> we're, we're done with the chit chat part. This is yeah. the interrogation. Where do you see yourself <laughs> in five years? Though? Put the spotlight on you. I have no idea. Absolutely. In fact, I don't know what I'm going to do in three months. Imagine in five years. So, but there's few. There's still a few games I love from MSX, and maybe I could end up just doing something for. For PC consoles, but um, besides this, before the MSX, there's a game I really love. It's the StarCraft saga. I <gasps> love it. Ooh. Oh my god! You know, James Rayner, Sarah Kerrigan, yeah. Arturo Spansk. Man, I love this saga from Blizzard. It's and uh, so this is a game I really love. So maybe I could end up doing something similar. Real time well. strategy. All right. Yeah, I yeah, I really love real-time strategy. It's very different from MSX games, but man, I can't help it. I love it. Unmetal's going to be out tomorrow, I think, when this episode releases. That's going to be uh, September 28th, so mm -hmm. that's right around the corner. Yeah, I'm really looking forward uh, for September 28th, you know, guys. Very, very looking forward. 
I, I, I have to say, I know this is recorded days beforehand, but when you said it comes out tomorrow, I had a heart attack. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I checked my calendar. I, looked, I literally looked. I was like, there's no way. Surprise! There's no way. Uh, did a little showbiz trick for you. I, I have to go and do 15 things. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? Shit. <laughs> I slept too long. Um, Damn. Oh um, but, oh, Fran, they did mm-hmm. ask what you're doing next. Um, so I have three options here. So the next thing I'm going to do is to finish another MSX game I started a year ago. Because, so I had some free time after I finished Metal. And uh, after this, so I have three options. Option number one is to create an Epic 2, a sequel. Option, which is, is it could be a, a long project because involves a lot of work. Uh, the second option is uh, Metal 2. Of course, if a Metal is successful and, uh, and people start just asking for it, say I could do a sequel as well, which I would enjoy. And Metal has been very fun to, pro- to program and to create. The third option is to create a brand new idea. And I have several ideas and, uh, you know, a new idea is always very appealing because it's something new. It's not continuing doing the same over and over again. But I haven't decided yet. I have to make make up my mind and just choose what to do. Well, I mean, it sounds like just from everything you told us, you're very, uh, for lack of a better term, organically inspired. So, you know, if that's... Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if that's how you churn out this good content, then I'm, I'm looking forward to more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the best is to do what you fancy, what you want at the moment, because you're going to have fun, and therefore you're going to do it better. Um, well, that's the best for for working. Just do what you want. Yeah, you can definitely tell this game is made with a lot of love and just passion for for this type of game. So it's you know, I think it's really going to be well received by the community, and you know, that's it's hearing like the thought of just uh, Unmetal Two, you know, Jesse Fox. I don't know. That's exciting. So that's do whatever you want to next, but that's my vote. <laughs> I'd love to see another one because this this is you know I'm just from the demo alone just grinning ear to ear yeah, with this thing. I get the feeling you guys have tapped into something here. I I want to make a bold prediction that this game's going to bang extremely hard. Um, if it's if it's like the demo but more, um, I'm really really excited. Yep. Um, all I've got to say is if we do go into Unmetal 2, I am going to advocate so hard for the entire family tree of Grenade Guy because <laughs> of all of your feedback. <laughs> you got you to gotta keep me posted on uh, the Grenade Gal design so I can do the first cosplay. <laughs> oh, there's a character to do a cosplay for you. It's called uh, Dr. Erica Stevenson. You'll, you'll okay. see it in Chapter 3. You'll meet her in chapter three. Okay. Is that the uh, or the peculiar scientist uh, by chance? N- no, no. Okay. No, no, no. In fact, <laughs> if you uh, if you look at the first trailer on the Steam page, you'll get a glance at Erica. Mm. Oh yeah, the first one, the first uh, trailer created. This is more. Well, you meet her in a few days, so I think it's quite it's it's easy it's easy to uh, cosplay. Okay, well, I'll make sure to keep an eye out. I think I get the joke already, but I haven't seen her. <laughs> Either I'm about to feel really foolish or uh, have a good time. Uh, in any case, uh, did you guys want to plug your pluggables? Where you can find you guys in, on social media and where the folks can buy and check out Unmetal? Um, I'll, go, I'll go before Fran. Uh, okay. Just because <laughs> Fran, Fran you, sh- you should have the tail on this one. Um, uh, I'm Jack LaFierre, Game Creative Assistant to Fran. And you can find me at uh, Jack LaFierre uh, primarily on Twitter at J C K L I F E A R. Uh, I also do Twitch uh, as well, but mostly uh, the big shout outs that I want to say is I hope if you do uh, play the game and enjoy it. Um, one of the big projects I worked on at the end was a creator pack where over 80 friends on content creators were able to contribute uh, voices, including a, uh, a, a, lovable, a lovable Apache smash here. And that'll be free DLC on, pay, on the first day. 
Um, but uh, other than that, to get it out of the way so Fran doesn't worry, also if you have any of his other games, uh, you'll have special little treats in the game as a, uh, as a thank you. Um, so now that I've done all the business things, Fran, you can just be you. <laughs> okay, you can. Kojima has my phone number. You can, <laughs> you can ask him. Uh, so how to contact me, how to find me. Okay, I don't want to be found because I like to work at home peacefully with no DMs and all this stuff. But in case you want to, con- you want to contact me somehow. So I mostly use Twitter. Twitter. So uh, my Twitter account is an epic underscore friend. Yeah, uh, yeah, an epic underscore friend. So it's quite, quite, quite easy. All right. All right. And uh, Unmetal is going to be available on Steam. You can wish list it. Everything, Switch, mm-hmm. uh, Xbox, PlayStation. It's on everything. Hell yeah. Epic Store and GOG as well. Yeah. So you have no excuse not to play this. Everybody go out and get this. This is uh, what the yeah. Metal Gear community needs right now. Just a, a good, fun time. And uh, It's either this or the need- duck. It's, it's literally this yeah. or the rubber duck. Like, <laughs> get it played. Black, black. And you have a demo. And there's a demo as well. So you can play the demo before uh, buying the game. So just to convince yourself that you like it or not. So... So don't play, don't buy the game directly, and then just say if you don't like it. <laughs> that should be unfair. Just yeah. play the demo first. Yeah, the demo is a great time. And uh, oh yeah, can I ask you about that news? Of oh. course. <laughs> You'll find out at the end of chapter two. All right, perfect.